Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Lisa Nicole Rosado, founder, creative director, and big idea generator of We Are Women Owned. Her greatest passion is creating opportunities for women-owned businesses to gain visibility while also making it easy for value-driven shoppers to discover and support them. After a decade as a retail buyer in New York City, Lisa founded a lifestyle blog and online boutique where she partnered with brands like Birchbox, Saks Fifth Avenue, and Spanx. Then when she couldn't find a welcoming, supportive community for emerging women business owners like herself, she decided to create one. We are women owned, which is also known as Wawo. We have so much to talk about. You have such incredible passion, Lisa. Let's just jump right into this and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I know this is going to be an awesome conversation based upon the pre-conversation we had. I could talk to you for days. Oh, same here. Same here. This is going to be so much fun. So before we delve into your professional background, can you describe your journey thus far in one word. And what would that word be? Oh gosh, this is a tricky one for me, but the first word that came to mind was transformational. So I'm going to stick with that one. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Okay. Tell us why, why transformational? Wow. I mean, there's so much that I could say, but if we want to keep it as condensed as possible, it's been really cool to see the evolution of my entrepreneurial journey, and also like the transformation that's taken place within me. So I feel like it really goes hand in hand. So that's why I was like, that word just feels appropriate. I'm sure I'm going to be thinking about it afterward. And I'm like, the perfectionist in me is going to be like, no, I should have said this. But again, (laughs) sticking with the first thing that came to my brain is transformation because we have evolved so much since the beginning. And I think that's an important, um, I'm trying to think of how to explain it, but it's important that you are flexible and open to transformation and change and, and being flexible. So I feel like when I think back to the past five years of running, we are women owned, just seeing how we started with in-person events to where we are now, it has been such a transformation. And also when I think of my personal journey (laughs) alongside the business, there has been a lot of, a lot of learning and a lot of awareness. I feel like one thing that I've learned about entrepreneurship is that it is a personal development journey as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I couldn't have said it better. And I love the fact that you did some of that free association where that first word that came to you was transformational. And I think that's an amazing word because entrepreneurship comes with a lot of transition and a lot of changes. If you reflect on that, 
and do some introspection, it does really support that idea of transformation. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for telling us why that's meaningful to you. Now, give us a glimpse of where you grew up and how you developed some of your passions for what you do today. Mm, My gosh, I feel like, you know, my mom, she passed away last year. uh, So you know, it was wild. Some of the things that we were talking about, I was like, oh my God, we could literally talk forever. <laughs> so we need to make that happen. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Point. I can't um, wait. One of the things she said to me as I got older and I started to become more vocal because I was really shy as a kid, oh. but always had this desire to be in the spotlight in a sense. It's refined a little bit as I've gotten older. I feel like I'm figuring it out, like what that was that I was seeking as a child. And I still seek in in my adult life. But at the time, I really wanted to be in the spotlight. And as I started to share more of my story and come out of my shell, she would say, you're going to write a book one day. I still don't know how I feel about that, but I'm going to try and keep, uh, you know, where I came from to where I am now as short as possible, because it, it does feel like it's quite a, a journey and quite a story. But I grew up in the Bronx. Uh, so New York native, loud and proud. Yeah. I've lived in every borough except Staten Island, currently in downtown Jersey City. I'm obsessed with this neighborhood. Oh. Uh, and yeah, I feel like it was childhood was not easy for me. Mm-hmm. And while I did have two amazing sisters, uh, there was a unique dynamic. And so my older sister was 14 years old. She is 14 years older than me. My younger sister's autistic and she's nonverbal, very codependent. Mm-hmm. Um, she, the doctors say she has like the mentality of a baby. Uh, so it was definitely an interesting environment to grow up in. And then there was a lot of personal family stuff going on. So I had like this, some sort of like awareness, even as a kid, that I didn't want to cause any trouble. So I kind of became like this wallflower. Like I just kind of stayed out of it. And even though I was going through my own challenges, I internalized them. I masked because I didn't want to create more chaos in the home environment. So there was that, you know, keeping all of these challenges to myself for so long. And then there was also like this desire for sisterhood. Granted, again, I love my sister so much. I will say that after my mom passed, I've become even closer, especially to my older sister, who's been so wonderful and with no hesitation said, you know, my little sister's name is Stacy. Like I am going to be her guardian. I'm taking, she's mine. Um, and so, you know, I'm so blessed, uh, and it has brought us closer, but I still didn't have like what you typically think of as the relationship you have with your sister. So I feel like I've gone through life yearning for that sort of connection for that sisterhood. And so it's really interesting to see (laughs) that through entrepreneurship and how much it's opened up my eyes about the lack of resources available to women entrepreneurs, especially small business owners, and just how challenging it can be to get your foot in the door. I wanted to create change because it was hard for me too. And I didn't start with very much at the very beginning. So it makes total sense. (laughs) Absolutely. I love your why and that evolution and your explanation of 
that connection that you were searching for, that you had a yearning for, a longing for almost. And there is as a, you know, I could get into this clinically as somebody who has a doctor in psychology. It's interesting because you do have a 14 year span between your older sister and you, which means that you're almost like that only child. And then you have mm-hmm. another sister who's got, you know, autism, who's on the spectrum and severely on the spectrum, who's almost like in the infantile stage, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you're functioning as that only child where you're seeking that connection, which makes sense. And being that middle child, too. There's so much. It's like so complex. You know, if we dig down into like the Adlerian theory of all of this and where your position is and your family and all that stuff and all the other contributing factors, it just makes sense. And so, yeah, it's also like me wanting to feel I couldn't vocalize it at the time, but I wanted to feel seen and heard. Yes. And so that is what I hope we do (laughs) with We Are Women Owned. But again, there's even more layers to it. But I think those are two key things worth shouting out, I guess, spotlighting from childhood to the work that I do now. You know what? It's so hard to put in a nutshell, right? Just one thing that makes us, that contributes to who we are today. Trust Mm -hmm. me, we are so layered. And like you, I lost a parent last year and Mm -hmm. like you, I have a half sister who is 19 years junior Mm -hmm. to me. So, you know, I do have a brother, I have a stepbrother. So poor women was founded on that same premise of, do we have those girlfriends where we have that unconditional connection where we can share our strengths, our wisdoms, our passions, our setbacks, our everything and be okay with that and feel good about that and not be judged and just come together. And that was what sparked it for me four years ago, four or five years ago, when I was watching my girlfriends just talk and laugh in a living room. Mm -hmm. And I stood back watching them going, does every woman have this? Mm -hmm. So I love how you've imposed that into entrepreneurship. So let's talk about We Are Women Owned or WAWO and the different layers of this company. Oh gosh, yeah. So we started out, I can't land on an official date because the pop-up started in 2017. We just weren't known as We Are Women Owned quite then. Mm -hmm. And the name came to me in 2018. But I had my own online women's apparel boutique. I wanted a way to get my brands out there. It was so expensive in an in-person environment, I should specify. And it was so expensive to do in New York. And I wanted it to be in New York because I knew that was like in the optimal place for visibility. And so what how it began was I brought together four women-owned businesses, including myself. We rented a space in Hoboken. We put all of our resources together to make it happen. And I learned a lot through that process. I learned that I was actually really passionate about helping tell the stories of the other businesses. Mm -hmm. And also I cared about their success in, in, I mean, always, but in that environment, especially with me being like the organizer. And I found myself running all over the room, across the room, (laughs) (laughs) share like, oh my God, she came from North Carolina. 
um, all of her stuff is handmade because you would never know she makes things with such precision. It, it just looks like factory made, but everything wow. was made and beautiful. And then I'd run over and then this person and then this person like telling their stories for them, because I think a lot of us struggle with shining a light on our stories and the incredible work that we do. So that's also something I'm really passionate about is encouraging women to get out there and share what it is that you're passionate about, why you're passionate about it, the journey toward where you are today. So there was something there. I said, you know, if I'm gonna, if we do another one of these pop-ups again, here are the things that I would do differently. And a few things that came up for me were lunch because I noticed that for a lot of businesses, they are unable to invest in support the day of an event. So it's hard for them to run around. Sometimes these events are very long days and it's a lot of work. It's exhausting. You're outputting so much energy <laughs> throughout yeah. the day. You need to fuel up. So that was one thing. Also like giving them tips on how to maximize their opportunity within the space. It's more than selling. So what, mm -hmm. what does that look like? And then of, of course, encouraging them to share all of the things that make their brands so incredible, including part of that is their, the journey to getting there. And so the next pop-up happened two months later, we grew to over 20 brands. Wow. It was wild. I don't even, I mean, I think we do a lot with very little time still, but I still can't grasp like how I found the energy to, <laughs> to put this together. And then it's this the passion, Lisa, it's I guess passion. So. <laughs> when I think back, I'm like, Oh my God, I think you're right. I just had so much drive and excitement. And I was yeah. like, I do this thing for the, for the women, you know? Yeah. Um, and this time it was in the Lower East side and it was fantastic. Everybody's like, when's the next one? And then we did another one, probably another two months later. And the rest were in Soho after that, except for one that we did in Boston. I believe it was in 2019. I don't know. I have no concept of time. I want to say post-pandemic. We're still kind of in it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's such yeah. a time warp. Right. <laughs> but I think it was in 2019. And it just snowballed from there. And I would host these calls and put together these resources, allow the women to connect all the vendors ahead of time so that they would feel a little more comfortable going into the space. And they were so excited to meet one another. And from that community started to build and you would see these women collaborate, become best friends, uh, partner with one another. Some women started their own event series. Some women created a collection together. It was just yeah. really beautiful how that peace organically came about. And of course, they were always grateful for their sweet green or by Chloe, which is what we would feed them at the time, you know, like yeah, yeah. these little things really mattered. And I felt like I kind of had a leg up because I was coming at it from the perspective as a vendor as well. So that's a little bit about the beginning. And then the pandemic hit, no in-person events, <laughs> which yeah. I was already planning to shift into doing more online because if I'm being transparent and we've talked a little bit about money stuff behind the scenes, the investment to put on these events were so much. And I was trying to be so conscious of what we were asking our vendors to invest. Yeah. And in order to keep that number as low as and lean as I possibly could, I was playing way too many roles. 
Yeah. And I'm sure, let me just jump in here for a second. Yeah. I'm sure the overhead was high enough that you weren't coming back, making a ton of money going, Ooh. okay, well, I'm putting all my effort, time, energy, all of this supporting my passion and my vision, but you still have to monetize that. And how, what does that look like for you? And so then you did that transition into the pandemic and you went virtual or digital. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So we decided to try temporary online pop-ups, which is essentially like a directory that goes up for a month at a time. So we did them seasonally. We did a black owned for black history month. We did Latina owned, which I'm Latina. I don't, I don't know if we've gotten to talk about that. Latina (laughs) owned, And they were such a hit that that then led to a more permanent directory, which is now the We Are Women Owned Small Business Directory, which you can check out now. And what's great is you have like the typical business listing, but we also wanted to create like kind of like a mini uh, website within our website where we're just capturing some really beautiful, important points about the brand. Mm-hmm. So each brand also has a brand profile. There's a lot of cool features that we have coming up in the new year. And I'm very blessed to have my husband support. He's a software engineer. So we got to give him some credit because it would not have been possible without all of his hard work. And it's, it's hard work. It's a lot of work, (laughs) a lot of hours, a lot of work, a lot of hours. So we've been through a lot here in relation to your personal backgrounds, your professional background, how you brought this together to create an incredible business. We are women owned, also known as Wawo. Tell us about the whole Latin perspective, being a Latina business owner. I'm still discovering this part for myself. I will be honest and say that for so long, I didn't want to lean on it. I didn't want to feel like something was just being handed over to me because I was Latina. Mm-hmm. So I left that part of my story and Wawa's story out for mm-hmm. about the first three years. I want to say that I began to lean into it more when the whole Black Lives Matter movement, the resurgence of it, I should say, came into play. And I started to really dissect what it means to be a woman of color. Mm-hmm. and the role that plays in in the world that I I live in and also that, you know, in the entrepreneurial industry, I guess, <laughs> or worlds. And I started to lean into it. I was like, wait a minute. No, I am proud of this. And I don't want to think of it as handouts. Like we have been set back as women, period, but also women of color for a ridiculous number of years. <laughs> So why not lean into, you know, the opportunities that are out there for women of color to help us advance and amplify our initiative? And it is something that's important to me. And what's interesting was, as I started to talk about, even before, I think people could just maybe just by looking at me, they're like, I think she's not a white woman. (laughs) Uh, We started to attract a lot of women of color who are joining our community, who are participating in our events. And I'm very proud of that. So it's something that I'm still, I'm still figuring out what that means for me, but I'm not shying away from sharing that piece of information or using it to 
I don't even like the word using it. Maybe you can help me think of (laughs) a better word here, but sharing more about that aspect of who I am and me being the founder of We Are Women Owned and helping advance not only women, but also women of color. Um, But yeah, it's deep and I'm still figuring it out. I love that. I love that you're still figuring it out, that you're rather than using, maybe embracing. Yeah, maybe that's a better word. And what that looks like for you, because we each have our own journey and feeling about being a woman, being a woman of color, being, you know, being a woman as an entrepreneur, being a woman, an independent woman, being, I mean, a woman in general. And that is just so important. Where are you at with that? How do you define that for yourself? We can go deep into this because I have a background, a very, very, very mixed background racially. I am Mexican, Filipino, Armenian, and European. So my mom is Armenian and European. My dad was, you know, he passed away last year as Mexican and Filipino. And so it always felt for me like I didn't fit in because I was not enough of Mm-hmm. So to claim that women of color, that has been a journey for me, that title. And yet I am, mm-hmm. but I am also just such a mix that I learned how to be inclusive because I was never embraced by just a group mm-hmm. saying you're enough of. And so what did that feel like for me? What did that look like for me? So we each have our own journeys, what that feels like, how we experience that and how we now embrace that. So I love that you mentioned that, that you talk about that, you talk about your journey, that you're still in that development and how that's meaningful to you. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm like, okay, we could go, we could have another conversation. Oh, this is, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we can have an amazing panel conversation on that too. Yeah. I will share really, really quickly that I didn't think much of what I later learned was otherness because Mm -hmm. I grew up in the Bronx. So I grew up in an environment where I saw a lot of people that looked like me. A lot of, we had all sorts of people specifically in the neighborhood that I grew up in. It was very diverse. So I didn't really think anything of it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I moved to Connecticut, an area that was predominantly white. It was such a culture shock for me going from, you know, in the Bronx, what would be considered the majority to now the minority and really feeling that and, and kind of dissecting what that all meant. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that experience in Connecticut played into why at first I was like, I'm not going to announce to the world that I'm a Latina and my business is Latina owned. But yeah, for sure. There's a lot to Oh, there's so much to discover, right? All in all, inclusivity is so important to me. And I'm so glad that whether we're talking about it or not, we seem to draw so many women of color, so many minority-owned businesses. So I'm very honored. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I love that. And it's so important. And, you know, I have to share that as I was growing up, I grew up in a predominantly white area of California. So It was always something interesting to me because people would look at me and make assumptions all the time about who I am, my culture, my race, even going to Berkeley, which is very diverse. They would make huge assumptions. And I found that by just being myself Mm -hmm. and going around and discovering 
things about culture and race. And I just felt more fulfilled. And people used to go, what is your major? Because you take all these different culture classes. And I said, it's just intriguing to me. I just want to absorb and learn more. And I think it was a part of self-discovery too, because Mm -hmm. I was, I'm so mixed, right? And because there were so many assumptions made that I wanted to know more about various cultures and what that meant to other people and what their journeys were, which is exactly part of the reason why I do this podcast. Because like you mentioned earlier, it's a voice for women, Mm -hmm. which I think is so important and so incredible. Number one. Number two, we are so diverse and we have so many different journeys and perspectives and views about the world that I'm open to it. I want to learn more. And so we get to share this. We get to be in a community of growth and inspiration and evolution. And so I love what you're doing because that represents the same for me. And here we're doing the same, but in different ways. And so thank you for creating We Are Women Owned and sharing your story today. I love your evolution and your transformational journey. (laughs) I know too. Actually, transformation popped up first. The second was evolution, but they kind of go hand in hand. (laughs) Absolutely. So we've covered so much here and I'm sure we'll down the road have a part two because I want to know how things are evolving for you and maybe we'll work together in the future. But I do want to ask you as we come to the end of the interview, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? It ties back to a few points that we talked about throughout this episode is not to be afraid to share your story and your journey with people. I have found that prior to even starting We Are Women Owned, when I had my little online boutique, I was so sick and tired of showing up and and pretending like everything was okay. There was lots of wins that I experienced and I was happy to share those, but I also found like I needed to talk about the challenging parts of it. And the more that I did, the more that I fostered some of the most beautiful connections ever, which was something I was yearning for. I didn't expect it to come in that way, but I also formed like the most amazing supporters and advocates who support have supported me through like that business up until today. Some people are now community members from like my blogging days. It's, it's been incredible. And also in just the conversation you and I had prior to hopping on this call today, I have for so long, I I've said, I want to use my voice, the skills from acting in college, my love for storytelling, my love for supporting women-owned businesses to create something that's kind of like the Drew Barrymore show meets QVC. (laughs) And I would love love to host it. And then you immediately were like, oh my gosh, I have someone to connect you with. I started to share it more on social media the last couple months. People have been connecting me left and right. And for so long, I was keeping this in because I was so afraid of like what other people would think about it or if it just wasn't feasible. But the feeling, that desire never went away. Mm -hmm. And so- by me getting out there and vocalizing it, now it's in people's minds, maybe not always right at the tippy top, but if something comes up or if they meet someone, they will bring my name into the room or connect me with someone or say, hey, maybe instead of doing it on Instagram, this is another platform to look into. So you just never know what is out there until you put it out there. So 
please get comfortable sharing what it is that you are passionate about, what your goals are, because there are so many people out there that want to see you win and would love to be a part of that journey and helping spread the word about the magnificence that you are and what you bring to this world. They want to help you illuminate that. So just get out there and share your story and share those goals. (laughs) I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And you know that I love connecting people. And you're right. Right after we got off the phone, I'm like, I'm going to connect her with this person. I want to connect her with this person. Because that is so important. Your story, the story you're telling, the story that each woman tells on this podcast, the ones that we meet in person and digitally, they have stories and Mm -hmm. we want to raise them up. And I love how you put that. We want to illuminate them. So thank you, Lisa, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Let's chat again soon. (laughs) Oh, we will. We will. You can follow Lisa Nicole Rosado on LinkedIn, Instagram at Lisa Nicole Rosado and at We Are Women Owned and at Wawu website, wearewomenowned.com. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a Core Women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.